We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Special Agent John Hartley, FBI. Been tracking your scores for a while now. Every city, every heist. Now that you've been tagged with red notices, you've become the world's most wanted criminals. And I'm the only one who can bring you in. Where'd you get that jacket? It's a statement piece. Somewhere there's a very nude cow whispering. Worth it. Looking for something specific or just browsing? You're under arrest. Oh my God. Read the room. Girls will keep the secrets. You want to arrest me? So long, boys, make a noise. Arrest me. I just want the egg. Yeah. Help me catch her and I will help you. Teamwork. Work-wise. We're not work-wise. We're sister-wise. We're not any kind of wise. Uh-huh. 
both know that this whole thing is going to end with you in handcuffs. Promises. Promises. John Hartley. For this week's bonus review, we are not going into the theater, but into your homes on Netflix to talk about the latest blockbuster known as Red Notice. It is written and directed by Ross and Marshall Thurber, who you'll know from some good stuff like Dodgeball. Everybody loves Dodgeball. Uh, it's starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot. It is marketed as the biggest opening day in Netflix history. The plot synopsis, courtesy of Letterboxd, an Interpol-issued Red Notice is a global alert to hunt and capture the world's most wanted. But when a daring heist brings together the FBI's top profiler and two rival criminals, there's no telling what will happen. So a little behind the scenes. I got a text earlier this week from my wonderful co-host, Mr. Bernardo Zrowski, saying that we should do this for our final review because he has some very strong thoughts. And I got to be honest, I never intended on watching this movie. I don't think I would have <laughs> definitely wouldn't have done it this weekend and probably never ever would have. But because of the love that I have in my heart for my co-host, I woke up this morning with an open mind, preparing to maybe be the contrarian, the devil's advocate that, you know what, I'll find the things that are good about this movie and I'll push back on anything Oz has to say. And folks, I am here to tell you that I am not the man for that job because I couldn't find many good things about this movie. <laughs> it is worthy of whatever scorched earth you're about to get from my co-host, which leads me to say I will instead invoke one of my favorite offenses from one of my favorite TV shows and just pass it to Will here. So Oz, it's your ball. We're running ISO. You have the floor, sir. Wow. So let, let me say to, to warm this up that I like trashy movies. I collect movies by Arrow. Arrow is like the criterion collection of shit. It's they treat the last house on the left with the loving care that Criterion treats Citizen Kane. I love bad movies. I like The Rock. I liked Jungle Cruise this year. I really like Ryan Reynolds. I liked The Hitman's Wife's Bodyguard, the sequel to The Hitman's Bodyguard that came out earlier this year. These are people that I like. I saw this film in what I imagine are the best circumstances one can see it at the theater in Manhattan that Netflix actually owns. So everything about the sound, the picture, everything about this movie was presented in what I think is the ideal way it possibly could be. And friends, I'm not sure I have ever hated a movie as passionately as <laughs> I hate this one. People talk about Marvel movies and, and superhero movies as the downfall of cinema. I would like to redirect all that angst, anger, and agita towards Red Notice because Red Notice is the most sad, cynical, disingenuous movie that I think I've ever seen in my life. There's a scene early in this movie where Ryan Reynolds is drinking gin in I his caught it fancy too. house. And uh in every shot, you can see that he is drinking aviation gin. Every time the camera cuts, 
the gin magically is repositioned to make sure that the label <laughs> is right there on the screen. Now, friends, you may not realize this, but I'm here to tell you that Aviation Gin is owned by Ryan Reynolds. And then they do the same bit again with The Rock and his tequila brand. Yep. That that's, you know, Netflix talks about how this is the most expensive movie they've ever made. It's like 150 or 170 million dollars. And that's because they paid these people to not look at the fucking script because good Lord, this is the worst script I, I can recall in a movie. I, I like the performers in it and even them just going, showing up, playing themselves did nothing for me. I left this movie feeling a profound sadness about the future of cinema, the fact that mainstream entertainment, if not, thank God for Marvel, because at least Marvel isn't this. Thank God for, thank God for the Joker, my least favorite <laughs> movie, because the Joker isn't this. I, I, I just, I thought I was being waterboarded for two fucking hours. It was a fairly crowded showing, and I don't think I heard a single laugh in the entire audience at the Paris Theater. I, I am... I'm flabbergasted that this thing exists. And I, I, I honestly, I, I liked all the people involved in this movie. And now I think I just dislike all of them a little. I don't think I can look at a Ryan Reynolds movie the same way because I'm so upset that I sat through this. I don't think I can look at a Dwayne movie again. I, I mean, Wonder Woman 84 already did a job on my Gal Gadot opinion, but oh boy. And, and, Fuck dodgeball because it's clear dodgeball was a weird anomaly because everything else this guy has done like skyscraper is dog baby of a movie. We're the Millers too, right? Although I oh, actually don't God, hate Central Intelligence, but I understand Central Intelligence is if you are officially fed up with Kevin Hart, then by then you were not really in on it anyway. I I'm just so sad. I'm so sad that this movie exists. I'm so sad that I was subjected to it. What do you think? I would like to hear. I would like to hear what you think about about I, this. I have nothing to add that you didn't say. <laughs> I mean, I think the reason I'm not as scorched earth as you are is because this movie was intended to be watched at home. This movie was meant to be taken in on Netflix. I watched it on a Saturday morning for a podcast under like a blanket. I ordered a bagel. I was barely paying attention to most of the middle because I know none of these characters are going to die until the end, if any. Uh, I know that there's like going to be a big reveal, which by the way, the, the very, very last reveal in the last 10 minutes of this movie, I legitimately shouted, fuck you. You are not good enough of a movie to try and do that type of twist. I guarantee if I paid attention, I would have either picked up on it or that's the only logical conclusion for the attempt at mystery that you're trying to build. I just, no, you're not. No, this movie was not good enough to try and pull off a twist like that. Having said that, this movie was meant to be watched on Netflix and you went to a theater to watch it which I can imagine was very discouraging. The effort that goes into like traveling, getting to a theater, potentially people talking in the theater. And this unfortunately is the fear I have. Like the, the bigger takeaway I had watching this movie is like, they're going to be able to market this as a success. If people just watched it for 30 minutes and said, this sucks and moved on, that counts as a view. And Netflix has already started sending out the graphic like The Rock and Ryan Reynolds have both posted the biggest opening weekend in Netflix history. This is a $150 million dumpster fire that if 
it wasn't that Ted Sarandos could just look at that as like spare change and be like, all right, I have more money to just dispose of in the future, which is the bigger fear I have with this. Nothing's going to change. They're going to keep making more movies like this because we've given these individuals so much disposable income that they'll just give their favorite action stars all of this money to put up trash on their platform. You've really nailed it. You, you've really gotten to the essence of what this is, and it is a craven effort to get people to click play on this movie because they see the faces of three famous, beautiful people they're familiar with. This is the cinematic equivalent of one of those old Cosmo lists that they would put on the cover, like the 17 tricks to spectacular blowjobs. That's what this, <laughs> that's what this movie is. And I just, I, I can't, it is, it is what, it is what Buzzfeed has done to the internet. It is what, it is what, <laughs> reporting it, it is it is how screen rant does everything in a in a listicle mm. form it is this there's no integrity to this movie there's no there's no thought behind it it is nothing more than putting some asshole in charge to sort of you know, funf this thing around and just kind of cross your fingers that that Dwayne and Ryan will come up with something funny while this thing is going. God, I I'm so, I'm just so sad. I'm just so sad that this movie is going to, and look, the Netflix numbers are are just a lie. Yeah. You know, we're going to get that data stuff, but the data is also deeply inaccurate and it's just a huge fucking guess. Um, but the stuff that we're going to get from Netflix is going to say that, oh, you know, whatever, a hundred million people watched this thing in the first 28 days it was out. But that means they watched two minutes of it and survived for 120 seconds of this torture. You know, the last thing I'll say, and it, it bums me out, everyone talks about the ugly look of, of Netflix movies and talks about how they have this sort of, you know, artificial, almost soap opera-y sheen to them. It's so much worse when it's a $150 million spy movie and everything about it looks like garbage. I, I don't understand how you spend this much money and make a movie that looks so unbelievably shoddy. Bookending this, I saw No Time to Die again just before it. I saw Shang-Chi again just after it. And to see two blockbusters made with actual care and concern and craft and artistry and you know some notion that, that cinema is a visual language, and to see this thing in the middle, I, I, am, I am offended by this movie. Is it the single worst movie I've ever seen? No, I, I, I've seen... The hottie and the naughty. I've seen some of like the all time horrors of of movie going, but this is bad in a way that is at least for me entirely devoid of joy. I, I don't know what I could give this on a on a star rating scale. Maybe it's like a two or a three out of ten, and not even a one out of ten. And in some ways, that's worse. Like the sad, pathetic, grinded to dust three out of ten is so much worse than a spectacular misfire. Than the the you know I I'm I'm not a Tommy Wiseau guy but give me give me the room before you give me this shit any day of the week I hate this movie I hate everything about it I hate what it represents I I, I got nothing else this one this one has really it's done a number on my happiness like millions of people are going to watch this in a beautiful movie like Belfast just came out this weekend and like four people will fucking see it. It's so, it's so depressing. That's what you're hitting on right there is that 
arguably the best movie of the year in Belfast is in theaters in over 500 theaters across the country right now. And nobody's going to see it. It made less than a million dollars this weekend and people, and that movie is 98 minutes. So it's not even like it's a two and a half hour Ridley Scott epic that feels like it could be a chore if you pitch it that way to some people. But a 98-minute coming-of-age story by Kenneth Branagh. Which is Branagh, funny. It's which funny. Is, it has a lot of humor. It's got a lot of heart. It it has some devastating scenes as well. And it's going to be an awards contender this year. That movie is going to be seen by one-tenth, one-fifteenth, one-twentieth of one-one like, hundred. Yeah, I was going to say like one-seventieth. Yeah, one so like... Something like that. Like, that's going to... like significantly more people are going to opt to stay home and watch this instead. And that's, it's discouraging because that's the future. And it's what we've slowly been realizing as we do this show is that, man, we may love some of these movies that go into theaters, but the way that we've all been taught how to watch movies over the last couple of years is slowly going to lead to more of this happening. And Belfast might get a limited release, but then it's going to go right into a streaming service, which I actually think that's the way it fixes, is that the prestige stuff just gives its mini theater run and it goes into streaming quicker, which as a result will kill movie theaters, but this is where we will have to depend on the Disney's and you know the, the Star Wars, the Avatars, the Marvels, all of those things saving theaters as much as they can. Um, look, I'm at a 2 out of 10 because again, appreciate Ryan Reynolds and there's exactly one scene that I laughed at and it's when The Rock and Ryan Reynolds are in a bullpit and uh, they're facing like a charging bull and Ryan Reynolds is giving the rock advice as if it's a T-Rex and he's saying like his vision is based on movement and the rock is like I think it's Jurassic Park and Ryan Reynolds is convinced that oh, I watch it in a documentary and the was rock Jeff is Goldblum like was Jeff Goldblum in it, yeah. in it? And Ryan, Reynolds, Ryan Reynolds goes oh yeah that was Jurassic Park and then the bull runs over the rock like it's the only time in the movie where because of the delivery it was actually oh okay the Ryan Reynolds of it all is actually pretty funny. Um, but overall, this this is a two out of ten. And look, man, Gal Gadot, I'm I really like the first Wonder Woman. Um, I are you lower on it than I am? I think that's like it's like a genuinely good movie for the first like eighty percent. I was gonna say it's like seventy percent of of a very excellent superhero movie, and then thirty percent of one of the worst. Yes. Um, and then. I just, her career since then has just been like, I feel like that's her one lane. Even she doesn't really, she's not really able to hide her accent in anything else, which like whatever that just shows her limitations as, as an actress. But man, when she's in this and she's got some actual action scenes to do and it's, uh, it does that stupid thing that I hate, which I've, I've mentioned on the show before where they don't actually show the action. They just quick cut as many times as possible to show that there's action going on and I have to yell at the screen stop cutting so I can actually see what's going on and this movie does that a lot we're driven by the search for better but when it comes to hiring the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all don't search match with Indeed Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. 
Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Dear Colgate, I love that you love that I love being at home. You even let me whiten my teeth from home. Because you know how I feel about getting up from my cloud couch. The Colgate Optic White LED Kit gives professional-level results in just 10 minutes a day for 10 days when used as directed. And that's why, Colgate, I want you to meet my parents. Because ever since meeting you, I've been living life to the brightest. Colgate Optic White. Find it at all major retailers. Big question. Actually, two big questions. Would this change any of your final review rankings so far, Oz? I don't think we've talked about Ryan or or Dwayne or no. or Gal at any at any length. But I, I would say that whatever nice things I'll have to say about them when we cover one of their movies in the future will be substantially muted at this point going forward. Well, so this is where the second thing comes in. Oh, actually, you know what? I do have one. Oh, I think, okay. What's I up? Think I think Ryan Reynolds made my best superhero performance list in Logan, and I'm now purging him and, replace, him and, and replacing him with Simu Liu for, for Shang-Chi. Ah, for Shang-Chi. Yeah, that's, that's if you knew the text conversations, Oz, and I have, this movie's growing on him very much so. Um, I would like to propose that, or ask, would you, are you so strongly against this movie that we will now call a red notice on this pod when you'd like to ban somebody from final review rankings. I think that's a wonderful idea. Would you like to ban The Rock, Ryan Reynolds, and Gal Gadot from all future rankings going forward? Now, here's where I have a problem with that. There's going to be a world where I need to mention Fast Five in an yeah, action I was say fa- countdown. Fast, fast Five is good. I'm sure we'll do more superhero shit, so we'll need to talk about Deadpool again. So, But, but I, you've already purged Deadpool out of a ranking. so It's, a, it's out of one ranking. Yeah. I, I do think that we should use the term red notice for when we're going to purge somebody from the pod. And I, I think at the very least, I think Gal Gadot has gotten her red notice. Uh, for okay. this one. So Gagado's gone. The Rock, man, you're luckier in Fast Five, dude. Man. <laughs> <laughs> Good Lord. And then look, Ryan Reynolds, again, I don't want to hold it. He's the one like low-key positive thing. I'll say one nice thing about Godot. In the action scenes, which are quite bad, she actually moves the best. I mean, Dwayne is looking looking old i mean when he get when he stands up i'm like holy shit dude like do you, do you need an arm can i can i help you and there's some there's some work he's gotten done with his face too where he doesn't look like he can't do the eyebrow anymore it looks like i kind of had that i kind of had that impression i kind of had that impression about ryan also and i actually i'm not sure that it's that they've had work done i think it's that this movie is so shoddily done from a from a lensing perspective that it's just making everyone look sheeny and weird and not uh not like they're normally supposed to but really uh, take take this as a plea if you have not already subjected yourself to this movie don't help the algorithm 
Don't help this movie. <laughs> don't help Ted Sarandos purge this podcast like Jeff Bezos purged the Alien podcast. Just, just, just please, please. Anything else? There's a good movie. I, I didn't adore it, but it's it's at least a movie of merit called Passing that went up on Netflix I'll this, this week. Yes, I'll second watch, this. Watch that instead. It's good. It's shorter than this. It's Tessa Thompson and Ruth Nega. Uh, it's it's about African American women in the 20s in New York City who can pass for white and the sort of tension that causes when one chooses to pass and one chooses not to it's really smart it's really it, it's a really well thought out film it's rebecca hall's directorial debut who we've mentioned a handful of times on the pod uh, i please please watch passing and please please do not watch red notice and look i think we've made it clear throughout our time on this show that we're not against the fun stuff you know, we did a whole episode of Logan and I'm look this week. We're doing an 80s movie. Oh, you, the shine is on whatever you're holding oh, in front I, of me. I'm literally holding up a Blu-ray of killer clowns from outer space. There you go. I'm fine <laughs> with trash. Um, we're about to do an 80s movie this week. We're diving into Ghostbusters and I, you have made your thoughts about the 80s as a whole uh, clear on this podcast. And I. I'm looking forward to discussing the low standards for quality that I find when I go to the 80s because everybody was doing so much drugs. So like a Dan Aykroyd script about, you know, plumbers that also cure apartment buildings from ghosts, you know, is able to become one of the highest grossing comedies of all time. Like, yeah, I'm 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 able to enjoy that. But yeah, this I did also get discouraged and I thought a lot about the fact that we were about to do an 80s movie while watching this. And it was like, all right, yeah, I like 48 hours, but this is like 48, 48 hours, but lazy. You know, this is if you didn't have the thought or the seriousness or honestly, just the charisma of people taking it seriously like you have with 48 hours. So, um Okay, I think that's. I think we did. We did it justice. Your score is a one or a two out of ten. My score is a two out of ten. Uh, it is currently streaming on Netflix. Please do not watch it. Uh, do you have anything you'd like to plug before we get out of here? Follow me at Oz on Movies on Twitter. Go to theinventionofdreams.com. And uh, Andrew and I are going to be seeing some things early together, so we should have some of these bonus episodes uh, perhaps up around launch day coming y soon. Yeah, we are. I went and bought outside clothes this weekend, <laughs> so that way I could look like a, an important uh, film goer later this week. I can't wait. I'm going to put my full Roger Ebert outfit on <laughs> on Tuesday, Oz. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Andrew J. Claudio underscore. You can follow the show on Twitter at Final Review Pod. Uh, as we mentioned, we're diving into uh, Ivan Reitman's Goat Ghostbusters later this week for final review. And as always, thank you for listening and tune in next time for another final review. If you smell what the rock is cooking.